This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome, <laughs> welcome everyone to the Midweek Show. I regret everything. You know what you won't regret? That's what you won't regret. You won't regret playing with DraftKings. All right, so DraftKings, what you do, you go to their website, you set up your lists, you set up your team, you stay under the salary cap. Right now, if you're playing DraftKings, this is my one recommendation. Go to baseball and just get the whole Reds lineup because they're just hitting it out of the park all over the place. It's ridiculous. The Reds are good. The Blue Jackets aren't making the playoffs. I can go outside again. The whole world's falling apart. No, 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 no more cats. <laughs> These cats really want to play DraftKings. These cats want to play DraftKings because they know that by playing DraftKings, you can win millions of dollars available. You have, There's all sorts of money out there to be won playing DraftKings, and the cats are so excited about it. This is what you do. You download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is where we are, folks. This is where we're at. Here is the soda of the week. It looks awesome. I like the bottle. It's um, Sidral Mundet. That's probably not far off. I think it's Sidral Monday. So that's not bad at all. Sidral Mundet. It is an apple flavored soda, from what we can tell. What I love is that their website, they've got all these cool recipes for like mixed drinks and stuff to use with it. So we're going to try this bad boy. Yeah. We're not doing mixed drinks because obviously I've got a 10-year-old in the room. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a somewhat responsible father. Somewhat. If I was more responsible, I wouldn't let her on this show. But Wait, It's a joke, kid. <laughs> These are the jokes. I didn't say they were good, but they're happening. Oh, my goodness. Why won't the bottle open? Because it's possum. It's possum. It's possum. Is that a cat pun? Yes. Because cat paws. Listen to it. Listen to how carbonated it is. You can hear it. Listen. I wonder if that picked up on the microphone. It wants you to die. It doesn't want you to die. It wants it's you to... Like oh, it's so die. fizzy. It's so fizzy. Mm-hmm. Let's take a sip. That's good. I think I bought my tongue off. It tastes like carbonated apple juice. Tastes like apple juice. Yeah. So that makes me want to try some of these things I got here. A Monday Apple Jack, which uh, let's go see the recipe for that. Oh, it's going to play video. No, don't play videos. 
Hey, let's play video. Let's show the people a video. You want to show the people a video? No. We're going to do it. We can talk over it, too. There you go. We're adding whiskey. You can't drink this. <coughs> it, it's just whiskey and the soda, which is pretty simple. And ice. They could have written this down. They didn't need to do a whole thing. No, not at all. But they wanted to show me. They wanted to show me. And they're like, look at how yummy that looks. That looks great. That looks great. I'd be all about that. I might give that a shot someday. You liking it? It's good. It's good. It's good. Anything you want to share with us this week, kid? I like cats. She likes cats. So she, right now she's freaking out about what we're going to talk about later in the show with Nick Felino. She's very sad about the Nick Felino news. If no. you listen to the show, no he's news dead. has happened yet. He's dead. Yeah, she wants he's him dead. to stay, which I get. He's Nick Felino. We all love Nick Felino. He's dead. I'm like Bob Roski with him. Um. Yes. Yes. He's I, dead. I didn't like when he left. That's fair. Now. Unlike what you want Nick Felino to do, it is time for you to not stay. Go out the door and take the rest of your apple soda with you. Apple juice. Apple, it, it's soda. It's got a. All right. All right. Get out of here, kid. It's apple juice, people. Get out of here, it's kid. It's good. Get out. I'm there. Uh, looking at the standings to start the show this week, it's sad. Just be sad about the standings. If anybody says, hey, how do the standings doing? Be like, I don't know. I don't worry about that. Blue Jacks are sixth in um, actual points at 38 and seventh in points percentage at 463. Their goal differential is negative 29. It's bad. In their last 10, they're three, six, and one. It's not good. Just not good. Theoretically, the Red Wings might catch them. I mean, they probably won't, but it's possible. It's just not good, folks. The standings aren't good. Uh, the season's done. Um, the road trip killed it, as in terms anyway of of uh, like watching the games. And be like, oh, we're gonna make the playoffs and scoreboard watching. So I'm gonna share with you real quickly some of the wisdom I have gained from years of being a disappointed sports fan. When you've hit this point in the season, first of all, let me be clear: I'm not a tank guy. I've never been a tank guy, so I'm not gonna watch the games and be like, oh yeah, let's lose and get a better draft pick. Because also with the lottery, things might get thrown a little bit. Um, you don't want that mindset getting into your organization that losing is ever like a thing where you're just like, okay, we're okay with losing. Uh, but I'm fine with the idea of making this a development year of getting players like Foodie and Texier and, um, and Roslovic, getting your young players as much time on the ice as you can get them. That's what I would do at this point. If they make mistakes, put them out there for the next shift. Just keep shoving guys out on the ice. The younger, the better especially because then you get more tape, you get more coaching opportunities. Just use this as a development time. That's where we are. We are in an extended training camp. We just want these guys to try and get better. We've got games to do it. Let's do that. And when it comes to watching other games, I'm to the point now where I can leave the Central Division because for so much of the season, I'm like, oh, let me see what's going on in the Central Division. I want to see those games. I want to see what's happening. Now I'm just picking the best games. Uh, tonight, who do we have? Tonight we've got... Uh, Oh, we've got Vegas and St. Louis at 9. That should be fun. Colorado, Minnesota. Oh, we're getting some good ones tonight. Tomorrow night, 
obviously I will watch the Blue Jackets play because I enjoy hurting myself. Um, but then we get, well, then there's a lot of good late ones, so I'll probably just end up watching, like, I mean, the 8 o'clock games, Dallas and Chicago. So, eh, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, that's what I would do. Just just pick out the games you want to watch most, something most enjoyable, and and just I'm just rooting for the Blue Jackets to win. That'd be good. Um, Blue Jackets playoff percentage chance, according to Money Puck, we're at a 2.5% chance still. Um we are at a 6.3% chance to win the draft lottery. So, you know what? We got this is the way to look at the season right now, folks. We are got three times the odds to get the number one pick than we do to make the playoffs. So, there's a positive in there somewhere. Oh, goodness. There's a positive in there, I guess. Here's the other positive. And I tweeted this out the other night. Um, it's always fun to beat the Lightning. And that's so true, especially in a season like this where. Things have just gone horribly wrong, and we're talking about trading the captain and all that. So you know what we're going to do tonight? I'm just going to look at this game against the Lightning. Um, the they they won four to two. Looking at the advanced metrics, it, it's saying you know it's it, looking at that like the expected goals for percentage and everything. We didn't do well. Um, this kind of makes up for the last game where they beat us and we've outplayed them. So I thought we played well. I thought there were some good things to see in that game. Uh, there was better passing than we've seen from this team in a long time. There's something about Tampa Bay that seems to get to these guys. They're like, we're going to play them hard. We're going to be awesome against them. And it reminds me of when I was a kid, uh, when I was a grade school kid, I played flag football. And the county that I was in, there wasn't really like an organized flag football league between the schools, but there was just like this independent one. And I was on a team and they were all named after pro football teams. I was on a team that was the lions and the other kid, like our, my school district was kind of split into kids who played for the lions and kids who played for a team called the Eagles. And the Eagles were the kids who were much better. Like, like there were good kids on my team. I mean, again, the oldest kid was maybe 11 or 12. So it's not like we were great athletes at all at any point. But just there were kids who were, uh, you know, the, the Eagles were a better team. They were always a better team. Um, you, you know, I only played 10 games in a season. They almost always went like 9-1 and one or 10-0, and oh, that kind of thing. I played this. was like two or three years I played this. Well, the thing about it is because we were in that same grouping, that was the team that when we got to play them, we would. That was the team you'd really go at. You'd really try and do everything you could to beat them. Like the other team, like you kind of knew the kids a little bit, and you kind of kept an eye on the standings. But when you played the, when we played the Eagles, we really wanted to beat them. And, and I think we all kind of get that idea of the rivalry and all that stuff. And I think there's this interesting combination with the Lightning, where it's this combination of this is the this could be this is the best team in the league. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions along with, and we swept them the year before, even though a lot of the players that were on that team aren't on this team anymore, there's still that mindset of, we're going to get up for this team, we're going to take it to this team, we're going to show this league we, we we belong. And it seems like it's there with the Lightning, and it's not there with a lot of other teams, which is a shame, because um, that was something that you had for a long time with the Blue Jackets. They were going to give everybody a hard game. That This year's Blue Jackets just don't seem to have that feature, but they do it with the Lightning. And it makes lightning games really fun to watch. Uh, the lightning are 
it's a weird way for me to put it in my mind. And I, I'd like to hear what a lightning fan has to say about this. If you're watching this and you're a lightning fan, put it in the comments or reply to me on Twitter at, at, uh, at jacket, Steve reef, whatever. Or if you're just watching the show live right now and you want to comment, comment and I'll, I'll probably see it the way our, our interaction thing here works and we can respond. Uh, it's like a rival, but I don't hate them. Um, it, it's, it feels like the definition to me of a friendly rivalry. I don't, hate the lightning it's like if they make the playoffs i won't particularly be like oh i really want the lightning to lose or something i just they're good and i want to beat them and it's fun it's fun to beat them because they're so good and i think a lot of people get that um that you just and and i get in the nhl so much about how wonderful it is to hate is and all that stuff i just don't think it's there the same way with the lightning although it's fun to beat them um that's the thing about this season all of the all of these central division rivalries we've got right now, I don't think there's any real hate there. Uh, there might be some between the players of the Lightning because again, there was a line A hit on a Sergachev that apparently was not liked, and you see some pushing and shoving between those teams. But I don't think there's really a lot of real hate there. And as a fan, I don't feel any real hate towards Tampa fans at all because, I mean, I don't you know you don't work near them or live near them, and you don't. There's not a lot of trash talk there. I, I respect what they are. They're a great team. So I, I don't have an issue there. Um, but it's good to see what's happening there. So anyway, jumping into what has now become the Blue Jackets rough week. Out of Sunday, um, Riley Nash suffered a knee sprain. Uh, he's going to miss four to six weeks. He is a restricted free, He is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So he may be done in Columbus, which is a shame if he is. I, I honestly, even though he is, I believe, the oldest player on our team, um, I mean, he's 31, Dubinsky's 34, anybody older than that, Felino's 33. If they can get Nash back here on a similar contract for another two years, I'd be all for it. Dude is a good bottom six defensive center. He's a good player. He does his job well. Um, I feel like there's still going to be a place for him next year on this team. So I'd like to see Riley Nash come back. It's rough that it ends this way, but I'm going to be honest. You know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to just tell the next story first, and then I'll go back to this other thing I'm going to say. Um, Boone Jenner has a broken finger. Uh, had to have surgery on it today. Um, he essentially a, a, a line, a shot hit him in the hand, um, hurt him. And from what we understand, he's pretty much out for the season as well, which stinks for Boone Jenner. Again, Boone Jenner is one of those guys. He's a, he's a good defensive player. Uh, this is what I'm going to say about Boone Jenner. And I, and I'll get into my bigger point about losing both Nash and Jenner. Uh, and then the next point here in a second. I am not, I think Boone Jenner is a really good player. I think Boone Jenner is not utilized correctly in this, in, in well, on our team. I think John Tortorella finds players he relies on too much and keeps running them out there. I think Boone Jenner in the right situations is a wonder, is a great player to have on your team and exactly the kind of player you need. He is a gritty player. He fights. He, I mean, not like he physically fight like a punch in the face, but he fights hard for pucks. He can win draws. 
He'll hit a guy. He'll play hard-nosed defense, and he'll do the the greasy goals. He'll get into the greasy areas. He's not going to have a lot of plays where when it's over, you're going to be like, oh, look at the skill there. But he's going to work hard and do a good job for you. He's the kind of player you need. He's one of those kinds of players you need to win. But if he's the focus of what your team is doing, if you're like, yeah, we need Boone Jenner out there 18, 20 minutes, eh, I'm not as I'm not as sold on that. So, but he's hurt, and, and so part of me, again, never happy to see someone hurt. But part of me is interested at in the opportunity here because what it does is it takes two of John Tortorella's safety blankets away, and he has to play more younger guys. I mean, we're kind of at a point in the season the playoffs are out of shot. We've lost a couple of guys that Tortorella leans on. And I know Riley Nash was a healthy scratch recently, but I, I I really feel that he's also one of those guys Torts kind of leans on because the veteran presence and all that stuff. But I'm interested to see that it's going to kind of force Tortorella to have to play more young guys and to just give them more minutes because we're just we just won't have the bodies otherwise. Um, so part of me is interested to see that uh, things like maybe maybe we see Roslovic or Foodie put out in PK situations. I mean, maybe we see some different things. I mean, here's the thing: if there's a you know what, we'll get, you know what, let's do this. Let's go to our uh, word from our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'll be right back, and we'll kind of jump back into that where, where the rest of the season is going and what other stories we're hearing here. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. All right, so we've hit on the injuries. Uh, Riley Nash, um, Boone Jenner, so those guys are out of the lineup. We're now hearing that two other players may start to be seeing healthy scratches over the next couple of games because I believe there's only two more games till the actual trade deadline. Uh, I'm going to double-check that real quick because depending on when you're listening to the show, Tuesday or Thursday night, the Blue Jackets play the Lightning. Uh, Saturday, they play the Blackhawks. And then I believe the trade deadline's Monday uh, before 5. Yeah, and then they play the Blackhawks Monday night. So we got two more games before the trade deadline. Uh, the two players that are being talked about as far as you may start seeing healthy scratches are David Savard and Nick Foligno. Let's go buy these one over one, one by one. Uh, both guys are on the final year of a contract. And David Savard, uh, $4.25 million, he's 30. Um, the strong thought is David Savard is probably done in Columbus after this year because when we look at the defensive core, Set next year, Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski are both going into their final deals. Both will be due raises, uh, depending on if the Blue Jackets have to keep them long term. Uh, the Blue Jackets have both Vladislav Gavrikov and Dean Kukin signed for one more year after this. Uh, they've also got Gabriel Carlson, who's going to be a um, one more year after this. 
as far as, you know, in, in the system still, uh, I mean, you still got Scott Harrington for a year. Um, still have the, uh, uh, Andrew peak, uh, that the team can always bring back up if they need to, as far as on defense. Uh, and, I mean, they may re-sign Michael Delzato, who's expressed an interest in wanting to stay in Columbus. He likes the situation. Although if John Torrell leaves, we'll see how that goes. And then uh, Miko Leitinen, who I'm interested to see what that happens. Um, Miko Leitinen, whether the fact that he's finished and Yarmo's finished, whether that creates kind of a familiarity where they're willing to make that work, I'm not sure. Um, whether he's particularly wanting to stay here. Cause I mean, remember he was a free agent and could choose where he goes, but I mean, Columbus has liked him. I've really liked him as a player. I think he's good. I think he's the kind of player that could see uh, an increase next year on his pay. So I, the blue jackets, if we lose David Savard, David Savard's a very good player. I like him, but if the intent, I mean, he's going to be doing a raise next year. And I don't think the blue jackets want to do that. So I see them letting him go and making deals. I mean, there's so many teams out there that want David Savard. Um, and he keeps getting mentioned. And I mean, I've seen an article, things from fans from Boston and Toronto and Montreal and just everywhere. Um, Colorado, even, um, I think the only one I didn't, uh, see, I, I think other than Nashville, I think pretty much everyone else is like, yes, let's go get him Uh sports net. Uh, they've got listed as his top ones. Uh, the top places they would, or the top place they would send him being the Florida Panthers. They could use him. So honestly, we're at a point where you get you get an asset for him. You get something back for him. Uh, Nick Foligno um, is the next uh, discussion here. Uh, Portsline released about an hour ago, and it kind of just confirms everything we thought, which is Foligno seems to be open to the op- top potential of a trade, but it's something where he wants to discuss it if the opportunity comes up. Um, he has a 10 team, no trade list, so he can kind of have some control over where he goes. And there is reports now that there's been kind of a understanding that, you know, it, it, once he's a free agent at the end of this season, the team may want him back. Um, and that he may seem amenable to coming back. And these kinds of deals we've seen in the past, uh, players in the last year of a deal, the team's not going to the playoffs. He likes his life in that city. He likes the franchise, just like Felino does here. But you know what? If he wants to win a Stanley Cup, it's not happening this year, not in Columbus. So if somebody else wants him, you know, and, and they're willing to, to trade for him, may as well do it. Um, I mean, from Felino's perspective, it makes nothing but sense because if he wants to win a cup, like the, the team that I always thought would be hilarious was if he went to like Minnesota and went and played with his brother for two or three months or something. Um, cause they're going to the playoffs, uh, or if he goes to Toronto, I mean, you know, he's got family obviously up in the GTA, so he can go do that. And then if he signs back in Columbus in the off season, well, he left, he got to play in the playoffs again and who knows, maybe he wins a cup. Here's the thing. As long as it's not Pittsburgh, I think anywhere Nick Foligno goes, that's the team I'm rooting for to win the cup. That's just what it's going to be. Um, I, I would be stunned if they traded him to Pittsburgh. Uh, but as long as it's not Pittsburgh, he can go, you know, I, that will be my team in the playoffs. Um, so that's where I'm at with him. But but it makes perfect sense for you, Nick Foligno, because you go somewhere, you get a chance maybe to wake up, and then when you come back, your team's a third-round pick stronger. Now, again, we've discussed it in the past. Getting a third-round pick doesn't necessarily, because obviously if you pick a player in the third round, he's probably not actually playing for the team for one or two years. 
which that may be the rest of the time Nick Foligno plays hockey. But this team, uh, I mean, you're third, you got an extra third round pick to use for trades, to use for getting more immediate pieces if you want to get it, that sort of thing. So it's useful to you. You may as well use that while you can. Um, so that's my feeling of where we're going to go with it. Um, again, those two pieces going, same situation in my mind. We then have to play more young guys, which is what I want in this life right now. Just keep sending the young guys over the boards, letting them make mistakes. Let them make as many mistakes as they want, and now you can show them video of their mistakes, and you can just coach them up on their mistakes, and then they'll have some games to not make the mistakes. And it, It'll be a good way, a good development period for this team. I think it's the right way to do it. If you win games, great. If you lose games, eh, that happens. So you just, you know, you weren't making the playoffs anyway. Let's just make these guys better. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention on the trade front that I think is getting under-talked about. And and maybe someone's going to come in and be like, no, Frank, Cat Friendly says you're wrong. But everything I understand, so the Blue Jackets have a, um, when you look at their Cat Friendly, so as of today, it says uh, projected cap hit, 79941797 Projected cap space, 1.5 million, which is, you know, it's a little bit of cap space. It's not a lot. But you take into account that Brandon Dubinsky's LTI, LTI, uh, yeah, long-term injured reserve, has really not been touched. And that's a buffer you can use. So this team has lots of cap room when it comes to doing stuff. And this is an asset that I don't think has been thought of enough. And I hope Yarmo uses it. Because here's the thing. There's certain players that are talking about getting traded. And everyone's like, how do you make the numbers work? And I know that there's the things about real cash and that might be harder to deal with, but there's discussions about how do you make numbers? Like it seemed like Toronto. Toronto is right up against the cap. Um, when we look at Cap Friendly's page, teams that are, are competing this year, Tampa Bay, they're capped out. St. Louis, eh, they're probably not making it anyway. Um, the Islanders, capped out. Uh, Vancouver, capped out. Washington, capped out. Uh, Edmonton capped out, Dallas capped out, Vegas capped out, um, Montreal just about there. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are pretty much there or almost there. Toronto, they've got like 1.7 million, that sort of thing. And that, and again, a lot of the teams I'm mentioning, they've used their LTIR space. It's gone. Um, there's there's nothing left. Um, there's no there's you know they don't have a, an injured contract like the Maple Leafs. I think. All their LTIR guys actually fell off. So they don't have an LTIR to use. Uh, so there's a lot of guys who teams who may make a move, but just don't have the space to do something. Um, so that's kind of where we fit right now in the situation. Yeah, because current cap space for the Blue Jackets, according to uh, according uh, according to, to cap friendly, um, the Blue Jackets are at eight million. 8.2 million uh, in cap space. So what the Blue Jackets could do, and I, I'm wondering if Yarmo does this, is you can weaponize that cap space. And what I mean by that is, so let's say Vegas says, you know what, we'd love to add Taylor Hall, but we do not have the cap space. Columbus goes to the Golden Knights and says, hey, what do you want for a Taylor Hall? You know, what what, what can we do? So or Columbus, you know, Vegas and, and Buffalo start working out a deal. And they work out, 
I mean, Vegas have their own first. So let's say they do a first and a uh, second for Taylor Hall because they've got their own second and they've got uh, or New Jersey's second. I'm just throwing numbers out there. Well, the problem there is then, you know, Vegas doesn't have the cap space. So what happens is then Columbus, they go to Buffalo. Columbus goes, you know, Buffalo says, we need someone to help us out with the deal. Buffalo goes to Columbus and says, or Columbus contacts Buffalo and says, if Yarma's been telling people, hey, let me know if these are happening, we can help out. Hey, let's exchange sevenths and you give us Taylor Hall. We eat five, six, seven million dollars of his contract. And then, you know, essentially you get from Vegas what they want and then we'll get something else. Like Columbus gets a second from Vegas or Columbus takes on um, if they've got a player that like a prospect they're not really using yet, or if they've got a, uh, you know, somebody who's kind of eaten up some space, but might be a decent add to the Columbus, or even if it's just somebody just to take up that, that uh, cap space, even if it's just somebody along those lines, if it's a retained salary or, or, you know, a player they don't really, need or want that it's counting against their cap space or something just to even it out. Or, I mean, you know, you're trading for a left wing. I'm trying to think about who you would even throw in there. I mean, if they say they want to trade, I don't know, Thomas and Osak. I, I mean, maybe he's, maybe they want to, maybe they don't um, just to try and make the deal work. So they throw him in, but just something where, Columbus is getting more because they're using that cap space. And again, if they trade, if Columbus trades Savard and Felino and all these guys, they're going to have cap space just sitting there, just waiting on top of what they've already got. So that's something you want to see weaponized. It's something you want to see used. Um, you know what? I didn't really expect us to turn in my trade deadline preview show, but I, then I realized that the next show I'm going to record is Sunday and we'll release Monday morning. So there's not really, I mean, at that point, Trade deadlines going on. So anything you're going to hear from me might be dead by the time the morning happens. Heck, what I'm saying tonight may not work by the time tomorrow happens. So uh, the last couple of things I was going to talk about, I'm going to kind of leave off, leave them for next week or leave them for the Sunday game or Sunday show. But uh, this is where we're at. Guys, just enjoy the rest of the season as best you can. Have fun watching it. Uh, I'm going to be keeping, you know, certain guys on Twitter are going to have their me alerted of their tweets this week when it comes to like a, a Friedman or a Chris Johnson or a Pierre. Um, certain guys, I'm just going to have it set. So if that, if that, I get to ding, if there's a, a thing there. So, um, we're go- we'll get that going. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Relax. Enjoy the tread deadline. Uh, I'll probably be tweeting about it on Monday. I might do some kind of live thing. I don't know. We'll see, but, uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening, watching, subscribing, whatever you do. Thank you very much. And go jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at jackets debrief. And thank you for listening.